the one thing that Jesse Winker needs to do this season to take that next step. And who is on the Mount Rushmore of Cincinnati Reds players? Stephen Offenbaker from the Reds Alert Podcast joins me today. We're going to talk about that and more on today's Locked On Reds Podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for finding the Locked On Reds podcast. If you are not subscribed, make sure that you do so, whether on your favorite podcasting app or right here on YouTube. Today, we will be talking about Jesse Winker and talking about the biggest question surrounding him, and that is, have we seen his best? I'm going to be asking Stephen Offenbaker that from the Reds Alert podcast. Steve is the best friend of the podcast, and he joins me. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super fan and addict of all things Cincinnati Reds. I've turned that addiction into information for you. And after we talk about Jesse Winker, we're going to talk about a Mount Rushmore. Who are the guys who would be the faces of a Mount Rushmore for the Cincinnati Reds? That's all coming up. Let's get started. All right, we got Stephen Offenbaker in from the Reds Alert podcast. I am happy to have. We're we're calling you the best friend of the podcast. I haven't said that to anybody yet, so uh, don't get a big head about it. But yeah, that's what we're calling you, the best friend of the podcast. I will, <laughs> I will absolutely accept that. And listen, I am so excited to be here and talking about Joe Burrow and what he's been <laughs> able to do for the Cincinnati Bengals with that cannon arm when Zach Taylor lets him. Uh, I have lots of Bengals takes to give you today. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's going to be right after we talk about Peter Parker locked, and, locked and on, everything. Locked on <laughs> Reds. My bad, Jeff. My, no, for real. I'm, I'm happy to be back, Jeff. I love coming on the show. And uh, best friend of the podcast. I will absolutely take that. But I will tell you, if we're going to continue to do this video thing, I'm going to need to renegotiate my deal. I'm going to need Locked <laughs> On to give me like a hair, a hair and makeup person. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a team. I need a team. It takes a long time to put this together, Jeff. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that, man. We might have to get that in the works. Who knows? Um, uh, the future holds many things. Well, before we get into all of that, I wanted to say that today we are talking about, I've been talking about this series of burning questions, looking at a couple of different players so far, as we are currently in the middle of a lockout and the CBA looks no closer to being done today than it did you know, whatever, a decade ago, who knows? Uh, so we'll see exactly how that all unfolds. But from the Reds' point of view, we can still talk about a lot of things going on. And today we're focusing on Jesse Winker. He's a guy that talent-wise, I kind of figured should have an argument to be the best hitter on this team. He's got the biggest question in the world, though, and that is availability is the best ability. And he has yet to eclipse even the 115 game mark, let alone the 120, 130, 140, not even say anything of 162 games for an entire season. So that leads me to ask this question, looking back, even though he played amazingly in 2021, was that the best we've got of Jesse Winker? And saying that, knowing that there's still plenty of years left in his career, but have we seen his best? Well, you, you wove a lot of themes into that <laughs> intro to the question. And, and I mean, just from the, the strictly, you know, answering your question was, was, did we see the best of Jesse Winker? Well, we saw, we saw the best that he's shown us so far in 2021. Uh, while it wasn't a career high in games, he came in at 110, his career high is 113. 
but his OPS plus was in fact a career high at 140. So we did see the best that Jesse Winker has ever showed us. And I think, have we seen the best that he has to give? I don't think so. You know, as you mentioned, you know, he's not an old man yet. He's going to go into his age 28 season whenever we do have baseball next year. And for him to be better, he has to play more. And, and you and I have talked about it in the past. We've talked about it off air. We've talked about it on air. You can't predict health. You never know. But if Jesse Winker wants to be considered an elite baseball player, if Jesse Winker wants to be in contention to be, you know, maybe the next face of this franchise for a little bit, or at least, you know, moving in that direction, he's going to have to be on the field more. And listen, I am not a person to criticize a player for their health. You get hurt, you get hurt. You know, they don't want to get hurt. They're not trying to get hurt. It just happens. So, you know, I don't fault him for that, but at some point he's going to have to get on the field 140, 150, 155 games to really, truly show us what he has to offer as a leader and as a threat in this Reds lineup. I would agree. I mean, the, and, and you're right on predicting health. And that was kind of something that not, not the health aspect, but there, there's questions surrounding even the best of players for the Reds and how can they take that next step. And that's what I said about Luis Castillo. If he's ever going to be that Cy Young talent that Reds fans know that he can be, but maybe fans of other teams probably see him as only a good pitcher, then he's got to be more consistent. He's got to be dominant all year long. When it comes to Jesse Winker, if, um, you know, ESPN's going to stop spelling his name Winkler, then he should probably be on the field for more games during the season. I mean, that was something that I always thought. And, and actually, I know it was ESPN at one point, but I think MLB Network also spelled it Winkler as well. It's like, no, 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 not Henry Winkler, Jesse Winker. I, I, no, and, and Jeff, you and I both know that that's a, a twofold problem uh, when we're talking about national media. Cincinnati is Cincinnati for many reasons, and we don't have, we, we'll need three or four podcast episodes to get into all the reasons why this is true, but Cincinnati, uh, on the whole, does not garner national respect. And we know what those reasons are. We know about their, their miserly owners. We know about some of the, the just head-scratcher moves that they make that makes the rest of whatever league we're talking about, sit back and chuckle at those poor hillbillies out in Cincy that don't know what they're doing. I mean, I understand it, but you know, there, there is truly some special talent in the city, no matter what sport we're talking about. And you know, some of that just is a lack of respect for, for Cincinnati in general on the national scale. But you're right. I guarantee you, if Jesse Winker plays 155 game, puts up 40 home runs, and, and is an all-star two or three years in a row, they will know how to spell his name. To be clear, too, I, I think with Jesse, it literally is just being healthy. I mean, you look back at his season this past year, over 300 average. He almost got on base 40% of the time, total OPS of 949. He had probably, and, and in fact, if I look at this, I think it was the second best OPS plus on the team. It's just he didn't do it in as near as long a games. I, I think that's really what we're talking about here. And it's unfortunate because how many players can we say that about? I mean, we got, we got a dude that for, and this is a whole nother podcast, but you know, for better or for worse, they're going to continue to push their chips in on Nick Senzel and that's going to be all health. So once again, we got another guy that we're talking about on the health train. Um, I got some thoughts and looking forward to kind of projections and stuff for next year. I've been looking at uh, Joey Votto and Luis Castillo's projections as 
according to Steamer on Fangraphs. And and noticing some interesting things there, they actually said that Castillo is going to get better. They said Joey Votto is going to be marginally take a step back, but they still have him figured as a 30 home run guy. So I want to talk about what Fangraphs has to say about Jesse Winker here in just a moment. If you're like me, you never put much thought into socks and underwear. So when someone tells you that Stance is the most comfortable pair of socks or underwear that you'll ever wear, you probably think, sure, and then continue to figure out if you're going to put some money on Luis Castillo to win the 2022 Cy Young Award. But I'm telling you, you're going to want to try Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They also have an amazing selection of Major League Baseball apparel that you've got to check out. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, and that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. And, and, and firstly, before we jump into that, too, I wanted to let everybody know that we've got Lance McAllister coming on the podcast tomorrow, going to talk about this offseason and where the Reds can hopefully take a next step without spending money. Just for a moment, we're, we'll think about that because it feels like asking uh, this ownership group to spend money is like asking a uh, fish to get up and walk, I think. Um, anyway, I mean, I know they did it two off seasons ago, whatever. Anyway, Lance is going to be on the pod. We're going to talk about that. And thanks for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Steve, projections are made to be broken. I understand this. Uh, Fangraphs actually kind of looks at Jesse Winker this next season and sees him taking a step back as well. I don't necessarily know why. Uh, in fact, they don't they don't project as he's going to play 162 games it's not like one of those like yes this is what happens if a guy plays 162 games in fact steamer says he's going to play 131 which i think i would sign up for that i don't know if you would i'd i'd love to see him play more than 140 but when we were looking at a guy that does that he's saying steamer is saying 279 batting average 47 or 497 slugging percentage overall going to be about 2.8 wins above replacement. That sounds all right, but I think that maybe we're putting him on too high a pedestal. Uh, listen, I don't think he's going to regress. Um, I honestly think that, that what he did when he was healthy and on the field is the guy we're going to have for the next couple of years. So I don't see a lot of regression coming from him uh, in the next season. Now, 140 games, I think you're absolutely right. That's the magic number for us to really start being able to consider him to not only being a very good player, but being a reliable player. And I think that that's really the, 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 the missing piece for him. But, you know, what can he do in 140 games? You know, 110 games, he hit 24 home runs. 
We get him 30 more games, I think he can get past 30, maybe being in the 35 home run neighborhood if he's out there consistently and not trying to play through injuries and not, uh, and not missing significant chunks of time and having to come back and get his timing and get his rhythm and figure it all out again. If, if 140 games with some built-in days off and, and maybe allow for an injury or two, uh, given his history... Uh, this guy's going to be a superstar. I, I don't see any regression from him. Uh, Joey Votto's projections, will he take a step back? Listen, I have learned a long time ago, never, ever, ever doubt Joey Votto. So if Joey Votto says he's going to get better and or, or he can hold the line, then Joey Votto will hold the line or get better. So projections be You listened damned. to yesterday's uh, podcast. But I probably, um, you and I tend to think a lot alike very often. That That is definitely definitely true but you know jesse jesse winker has every single tool in his tool bag to be a superstar in this league he just needs the playing time he just needs to be on the field i agree and i, I think it's interesting because again like i said ben Graf's is saying 131 games i actually think he's going to hit less home runs than he did this past season in 113 games so i i, I don't see that i don't know i i wonder about what we as Reds fans kind of evaluate. Well, and, and before you, yeah. and before you move on, Jeff, just with the projections, you know, let's also take into account that we, we don't know what baseball major league baseball is going to be using. We don't know what rules changes are going to be in place with this new CBA. We don't know. I mean, the bases could be farther away. The pitching amount could be in center field for, for all we know. So I think that next year may be one of the hardest years to predict that we've seen in a long, long time. Because there's going to be some tinkering. That's a fair point. I mean, we're talking about Rob Manfred's MLB. <laughs> exactly. And he hates baseball. So it could end up, you know, the you know, pitchers will have to punt from the 50-yard line by the time he's done with this game. So it's, it's, it's just you never know. I think next year, because, I mean, in all seriousness, with some of the tinkering that's being proposed and some of the changes that they would like to make, I mean, I think we really don't know. We really don't know what people are going to be capable of because we don't really understand fully yet what a set of rules they're going to be asked to play under to bring paul o'neill out of retirement is what you're talking about he might be the that's exactly exactly <laughs> no yeah i i agree with you it's it, it's a it's too early and that's what i've been talking about with uh, some of these projections they're the way too early projections and i'm with you but i think it's worth um worth asking a little bit though when it comes to some of these players, are we too high on them? I, mean, I, I know Joey Votto, everybody knows how good he is, but looking at Jesse Winker, he seems like a dude that should slot into the Nick Castellanos role of being that number three hitter. Can he? Sure. And, and, and I mean, if you look at his numbers and, and listen, I know that there's a battle within the, the Reds fandom about statistics and what to look at and what's a good measure. And, you know, there's the, by God, we're looking at batting average crowd. And then there's the, you know, the, the, the B war F rip FIP other people that, you know, want to <laughs> combine all these other things. And at the end of the day, you know, these statistics are not invented. I've heard people use that term before and these statistics are not invented. It's just a, a, a comp compilation of data. And depending on how you want to look at it, but observation for me, yeah. there's, there's two quick and dirty measures of player performance that I like to look at and generally will at least point you in the right direction. And that's OPS plus and wins above replacement. 
So just taking Jesse Winker on a, on a quick glance OPS plus for the last three years, he's gotten better every single year. OPS plus wise, he went from 109 to 139 to 140. He's improved every year for the last three years. He's not 30 years old yet. He's going to continue to improve. Are we too high on him? No. I think we have every reasonable expectation for him to be a masher in this lineup. Can he be the three hitter? Sure. He could be the leadoff hitter. I mean, you can put him at the top of this lineup anywhere between one and four and count on him to do damage when he's healthy. You know what? I think I agree with him. I, I think, and especially too, if we're talking about a guy who gets on the field for 140 games, he could absolutely be that dude that slots into the Castellanos role. And hopefully Tylen Aquin figures out how to hit left-handed pitching and Nick Senzel figures out how to not get hurt. And all of a sudden you're talking about a playoff team. A lot of that is there's a whole lot of hopefully in there, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> but somebody said something about hope one time. I forget what it was. Um, yeah, it's not a strategy. <laughs> Shout out to Chad. Uh, yeah, to Chad. I, and I think that kind of wraps up. Like looking at Jesse Winker, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this next season, and a lot of it just has to do with being that everyday guy, being that guy who can stay on the field. Because I'm with you. He's got all the talent in the world and he has done nothing but get better. Plus personality wise, he might be the most bookable personality in the Cincinnati Reds lineup uh, between him and Gino. Anyway, that would be an argument for another day. I want to switch gears though. I want to talk about the history of this franchise as a whole, as it would pertain to turning DeVue park into Mount Rushmore, or at least, somewhere over by DeVue Park, or maybe it's over by Fort Thomas. I don't know. That would be a whole nother issue. Anyway, we're going to talk about Mount Rushmore here in a second. With the football season rolling into playoff mode for the NFL and the NCAA football season coming into bowl season, there is no better place to make cash off your sports knowledge at betonline.ag. They've got all the best lines when you're talking about football and basketball as well, talking about point spreads, money lines, over-unders, great prop bets as well, more than you would ever imagine, are all at betonline.ag. Plus, you can get in on the NHL, UFC, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline.ag has this amazing offer. Go there today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus just for typing in that promo code. That's right, your bankroll gets bigger for typing in the promo code locked on before you even place a bet. That's BetOnline.ag and the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag is where the game starts. I wanted to let everybody know we, we've been talking a lot about this whole series of coming up with, you know, burning questions and things like that. If you ever want to reach out and if you've got a question for the podcast, hit me up on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs or the show at Locked On Reds as well. I respond to both of those. And Steve, you can probably ask him some stuff. Steve, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm on Twitter at S Offenbaker. You can also follow my podcast at Res Alert Pod. Uh, I'm on there every single day unless I'm, you know, on an overnight shift. But other than that, I am there. And I love the end. That's my favorite part of all this is the the interaction with the, you know, the other Reds fans out there. Yeah, and what's better than talking baseball? I mean, come on. I mean, maybe talking baseball while drinking a nice bourbon. That, that could be one. Um, which, who knows? We might do that here soon. 
Um, and speaking of good talk and baseball, one of everybody's favorite things to do is just to look back at franchise greats and introduce this concept. Of, uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, lost track of time whenever I introduced this concept, but it's not as if I came up with it. Everybody does this sort of thing, but looking at the Cincinnati reds, and if we were to create a Mount Rushmore, if somehow ownership used the money that they're not spending on the roster to acquire land in Northern Kentucky that overlooks great American ballpark and then build a Mount Rushmore, who would be oh my on God, this We're going to put it in Kentucky. We're going to put it in Kentucky. Well, I, oh, I mean, you'd have right to next the to the airport. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> we'll put it right next to the airport. I understand. Something like, I don't know. You know, I always see those Hills over there or something like that. Um, but who would be on this? Because I was kind of making the case. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting people. Obviously, when you play baseball for as long as the Cincinnati Reds have played baseball, you come up with plenty of guys who could be on this list. So qualification-wise, how do we narrow it down? Well, again, I, I think maybe I tipped in my hand a little bit when we were talking about, you know, ways to look at a player and – and help unify the generations of, of baseball fans and what they consider a successful player. So, uh, you know, again, I look at OPS plus and I look at wins above replacement. And for this exercise, I think that wins above replacement is a great measure to look across the history of this franchise and find the guys that have had the most success while in the city of Cincinnati. Now, uh, when, when you mentioned to me that we were going to do this, I, I, I had to make myself all kinds of my own rules to, to narrow down because there's so many great guys and there's people that you're going to leave off. And so, you know, at first I decided, okay, if we're going to do a true Mount Rushmore, we can only pick four. So if we're, if we're picking four, Jeff, I mean, uh, I'm not sure how you want to go through this, but, you know, I think I'll just go with, uh, I'll do mine in order. We can maybe bounce back and forth, whatever you think. And I'll just start with mine and it's going to be one that's controversial. Um, but it's not controversial for anything that's happened on the field. It's only controversial if you want it again off the field stuff. And I don't, I, I choose not to. The reason I love baseball is it takes me away from all those things. So, uh, from a purely player performance perspective, say that three times fast. <laughs> My number one guy going on the Cincinnati Reds Mount Rushmore is Peter Edward Rose. Uh, he is the franchise leader in war at 78.1. So if you are a guy that looks at me and goes, what is war? <laughs> and you want to talk about hits, you want to talk about batting average, you want to talk about on base, whatever it is you want to talk about, what I'm telling you is he's great in all those things and he's number one in war. So that should tell you all you need to know about wins above replacement. Peter Edward Rose. First face on Red's Mount Rushmore. And I think, too, when it comes to a Mount Rushmore, it's got to be something that transcends even just individual performance. It's a guy that when you think of the Cincinnati Reds, you think of this guy. And to be honest with you, you could talk to somebody in Montana about the Cincinnati Reds, and they'd be like, Pete Rose, love Pete Rose. That's the thing. Like, talking about baseball here. And when I talk about baseball, got to talk about Pete Rose. The other guy... uh yeah, let's let's go back and forth because I agree with you. There, there's no way I'm going to sit here and say that Pete Rose doesn't deserve to be on there. I think the second guy, teammate of his, and it's not just because I'm going in order on baseball reference, but we're talking about the greatest catcher in the game of baseball. There is no argument there. Um, it's Johnny Beach. And 
again, if you go to baseballreference.com, that's one, two, according to wins above replacement in the franchise. But it's also worth noting, we're talking about a dude who is the best catcher of all time, defensively, offensively, there wasn't a hole in his game, you know, an easy pick there, because that's another guy that you could talk to somebody in China about the Cincinnati Reds, and he'd be like, Johnny Bench. Yeah, I know that name. And, and, and just extrapolating that out just a little bit farther, Jeff, Johnny Bench redefined the position yeah. of catcher. Johnny Bench changed how we look at prospects playing that position. He changed what we expect a catcher to be able to do when they're on the field. We expect them to be great defensively now because of Johnny Bench. We expect them to be able to manage the pitching staff and be another manager on the field because of Johnny Bench. We expect them to be a threat in the batter's box and be dangerous in the lineup because of Johnny Bench. And you just, you take all those things. I mean, never mind a Cincinnati Reds Mount Rushmore. If you're talking a Major League Baseball Mount Rushmore, Johnny Bench is on that Mount Rushmore because of his contributions and his redefining of a position within this game. Absolutely. And he hold more baseballs in his hand than any human could possibly do. I think I can get like two, so I'm not going to well, try. But remember, but he he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you've seen if you've seen the commercial, don't do that anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So, got Pete Rose, we got Johnny Bench. Who's your third? And let me see if I agree. So I really struggled with three four because there's there's a lot of guys that just simply aren't going to make the cut. And uh, I decided to go with Barry. And the reason that I decided to go with Barry is because I really looked at that redefining of a position and that changing of our expectations as baseball lovers. Yeah. And Barry Larkin did that for the position of shortstop. Before Barry Larkin, shortstops were the Davy Concepcion, Ozzie Smith model. They were tremendous defenders up the middle, uh, maybe have an occasional home run. Uh, when they're in the batter's box, but you were not looking to them for offense. You were not looking for them to be a threat. You were looking for them to provide you stellar defense up the middle in a time when we didn't shift and we needed a lot of territory covered. That's what you wanted out of your shortstop. And then along comes Barry Larkin, Cincinnati kid. Uh, so if we're doing a Cincinnati Mount Rushmore, let's put the Cincinnati kids on there that are Hall of Famers because Barry Larkin came along and redefined the position of shortstop. He took it from being that defensive minded. Uh, up the middle, you know, stellar backflipping performance area, and and he put danger in the lineup. He became an MVP. He became a World Series champion in this city, and he redefined the position of shortstop, making it an offense, making it a threat. That's true. And to be honest with you, I kind of left him off whenever I first introduced the idea of a Reds Mount Rushmore, and I got some pushback on that one. And this fourth one's interesting. Because I think we have a tendency, kind of like I, I did early on with Eric Davis, to have a bias toward players with rings, have a bias toward a player who won a championship for their franchise because championships are so, at least when you're talking about the Reds, are so few and far between. They're amazing and they're awesome, but we haven't had one in so long that it's like that's the shiny thing. We look back in history and who had a ring. That's where we start. I almost think that this fourth guy is not going to be a guy who won a ring here in Cincinnati. I think this guy is 
a defying figure when you're talking about the position that he played. Uh, he was one of the best power hitters that this franchise has ever seen. And he was also involved in the worst trade in the history of baseball. And that is Frank Robinson. I think Frank Robinson deserves that fourth spot. I'm yes. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm leaving off a couple of people. I think that Frank Robinson absolutely deserves to be on here. Think about this too. And obviously you don't put a guy on the Mount Rushmore because of what if scenarios, but he would have been a key member of that big red machine. Had he stuck around. I think that Frank Robinson is the most talented player that ever played for the Cincinnati Reds. And I think that he deserves to be on this Mount Rushmore. The fourth pick I struggled with so much, Jeff <laughs> and Frank and, and Frank and, and, and here's where I, I came down. I did not go with Frank Robinson, but oddly enough, if you were asking me to do a major league baseball Mount Rushmore, oh, absolutely. Uh, I already mentioned that I would put Johnny bench on there and I would put Frank Robinson on the major league baseball Mount Rushmore for the totality of his career between Cincinnati and Baltimore as, as one of the top two or three players to ever play this game. So, but then to leave him, but to leave him off of the Cincinnati Mount Rushmore then is, you know, probably a head scratcher, but that's exactly what I did. And, and you touched upon it. Uh, We're moving in a new direction. We're redefining what is success in this sport. We are changing the way that we look at what defines a superstar, a Hall of Famer, an all-timer in this sport. And the guy that did that, the guy that has redefined what it means to be successful and what it means to be prepared and what it means to be a hitter in Major League Baseball, Joey Votto redefined what that means. And I've, I've said it through all four of these picks. When you can redefine a position, when you can change the way an entire sport looks at things, that's something special. And Joey Votto has done that and continues to do that. And just on a statistical measure alone, quick and dirty, wins above replacement, Joey Votto has already surpassed Frank Robinson's time in Cincinnati for production. It's true. So when taking all of those things into account, Joey Votto, as an active player, still adding on to his numbers, just edged out Frank in my mind, and he was my number four pick. But Frank was my honorable mention. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, Joey absolutely deserves a lot of consideration here. I think it's funny because there's going to be plenty of people that say, well, how? I mean, he's not even been on a playoff winning team, let alone a championship team. I don't put that on him. Baseball is not a sport where you can look at a singular player and say, why didn't you win a championship? And I feel like that's something that when people talk about Joey Votto, they like to bring that up like, oh, yeah, this is the reason why he's not good. It's like, no, he's not good because the team didn't win. He's not good because you just don't understand him. And if you want to be mad because Joey Votto doesn't have a ring, then you need to pissed, be pissed off at dudes named Jockety. You need to be pissed off at dudes named Linder. You need to be pissed off at dudes named Castellini. You need to be pissed off at dudes named Crawl. If you want to be mad about Joey not being able to be in a position to win a ring, those are the guys you want to talk to. It's, it's not Joey Votto that you need to be talking to about that. Exactly. So we've got our Mount Rushmore of Pete, Johnny, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench. We've got Frank Rapp. Oh, I'm just kidding. We got uh, Joey Votto, and we have uh, 
Barry Larkin, who I cannot believe that I forgot the first time I did this idea. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, Barry, if you're listening, appreciate it. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we're going to end on today's conversation with because I, I think that that's a really good thing for this time, this period of time, even during the off season and during regular times, it's fun to talk about, you know, looking back on the history of the franchise and, and, and talking about the greatness that has been the Cincinnati Reds and make no mistake about it. It wasn't just Joey Votto or Frank Robinson that it was hard to put, you know, put out of the fourth spot. It was, you're also looking at guys way back like Ed Roush and you're looking at, you know, guys who, were just mammoth figures during their time in Ted Klazuski and and you you've got some some awesome ones that didn't see championships but were themselves pretty awesome players in a, as a whole. I mean there, Adam Dunn. There's Adam definitely Dunn. some great guys we there's some great guys we I mean we didn't talk about Ben McPhee, we didn't talk about Veda Pinton, we didn't talk about Tony Perez. Uh, you know, there's there's lots and lots of guys. I mean, when you when you've got a franchise as old as this, there's just there's no way to 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 pick everyone and make everybody happy. But you know, I think I think we did a pretty good job with where we where we landed. Always great having Steve on. Like he said, he he hosts the Reds Alert podcast. You can go check him out. He's got a lot of great conversations with with players, with coaches, with writers, all kinds of great stuff you can find at the Reds Alert podcast. Usually posts about once a week, and you can find it pretty much anywhere you can find Lockdown Reds as well. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed if you have not already done so on your favorite podcasting app or right here on YouTube. Thanks for making us your hashtag first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen locked on bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling host locked on bets and help you make some cash over at betonline.ag. That's locked on bets, just like locked on reds free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And like I said earlier, coming up tomorrow, Lance McAllister. We're going to be talking about all things reds as the host of Sports Talk on 700 WLW joins me for the Friday edition of Locked On Reds. It might be the off season, and we might be locked out. We're Locked On Reds every single day. <laughs>